Jesus therefore went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. When we look at this gospel, we see numerous details are given to us by the writer St. John. The Pasch was near at hand. There was much grass in the place. The mention of the five barley loaves and the two fishes. St. John records all these things, yet he does not elaborate on them. Obviously, they were important enough to relate. But in order for us to understand them, there must be something else. For this, we have to understand the mysteries of Christ. First of all, we'll turn to Blessed Dom Marmion. As he points out, quote, All of Christ's mysteries are essentially mysteries of faith. Without faith, we cannot accept nor contemplate any of them. Without faith, we cannot con- accept or contemplate any of them. Then he adds, The degree of light with in- which enlightens our faith in each of them is different. At Bethlehem, we only see a little babe in the manger. Without faith, we would not recognize in him the Son of God, the sovereign master of all creatures. Upon Tabor, on the mystery of the transfiguration, faith is powerfully aided. The glory of the divinity, which penetrates the humanity of Jesus, visibly shines through upon it. Then the divinity, on on the contrary, is veiled when Christ dies on the cross. As you see then, if in each of Christ's mysteries there is enough shadow to render our faith mysterious, there is also enough light to help our faith. In all we see manifested the ineffable union of the divinity with the humanity. We can ask, why is it so hidden? Why does our Lord present this in a hidden manner? And our Lord himself in another place in the Gospel of St. Matthew says, To you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For he that hath to him shall be given, and he shall abound. But he that hath not from him shall be taken away also what he hath. Therefore I do speak to them in parables, because seeing they see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. Our Lord wants us to seek him out. He wants us to understand these mysteries that are placed before him. He himself says, Ask, and you shall receive. Knock, and the door shall be opened to you. So Don Marmion goes on and says, But there is one mystery in which the divinity and the humanity, far from being revealed, both disappear from our senses. And this is the mystery of the Eucharist. What is there on the altar? For our senses, still bread and wine. Faith alone penetrates these veils, even to the divine reality. Faith alone penetrates these veils, even to the divine reality. But human faith, that human understanding and human wisdom is not sufficient to know these things. And we can see this in today's gospel. For we see Philip's answer. Two hundred pennyworth of bread are not sufficient for them, that even one may take a little. So we see that human understanding will not penetrate these things. After all, this is a very human answer, that we don't have enough, naturally speaking. St. Thomas says, For the wisdom of no philosopher has been so great that it can keep men from error. 
Rather, the philosophers have led many into error. But we also see that the faith in Christ as a great prophet is not sufficient. For they said in today's gospel, truly, this is the prophet that is to come. But that is not enough. Our Lord asks the apostles at Caesarea Philippi, who do men think that I am? And we see what their opinions are. Varied, different. But our Lord is not seeking this. He wants to bring them up to something higher. And we see this faith, this kind of faith uh, that he is a prophet, also come out in the the gospel again. St. Thomas says, Andrew, however, seems to sense that the miracle is going to take place. Perhaps he recalled the miracle performed by Elisha with barley loaves when he fed a hundred men with twenty loaves, second kings. And so he says, there is a boy here that has five barley loaves. Still, he did not suspect that Christ was going to perform a greater miracle than Elisha. So Andrew continues, but what are these for so many? As if to say, even if you increase them in the measure that Elisha did, it still would not be enough. St. Thomas Aquinas. There is enough shadow to render our faith mysterious, and there is enough light to help our faith. So Christ helps our faith here. He prepares us to receive the greatest mystery of all, his very giving of his body, blood, soul, and divinity to us. So what do we see as he prepares them? He prepares them in pointing out the time. As St. John records, it is the time of the Pasch, the Jewish festival. St. Thomas says, this is the second Passover the evangelist had mentioned. However, our Lord did not go to Jerusalem this time. By not going, he indicated that the ceremonies of the law would end gradually and in a short time. He also prepares them in the place. We see that he goes up a mountain. He takes them up a mountain. St. Thomas says, because we cannot be satisfied by earthly things, our Lord leads his disciples to a higher place to show that full satisfaction and the perfection of justice are found in spiritual realities. In spiritual realities. And we see that it was on Mount Sinai that our Lord goes up to the upper room and he gives his disciples for the first time his very self, body, blood, soul, and divinity in that upper room. We see that he goes up on Calvary and he dies. He offers up that sacrifice for our salvation when he is crucified. Then he goes up. Once again, he takes the apostles. He has them go up into that room, that upper room at Pentecost, and he sends the Holy Spirit to come down upon them and that the church is born. So he goes up a mountain to prepare them for these great mysteries that he is about to do. Then we see that God prepares them well before even these actions. He prepares them well before. Our Lord, when meeting those two men on the road to Emmaus, he reproaches them and he says these words, O foolish and slow of heart to believe in all the things that the prophets have spoken. Foolish and slow to believe all the things that the prophets have spoken. And then he goes on. The beginning, from beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounds to them all the scriptures and the things that were concerning him. In the chapter just before this, 
our Lord says, if you will not believe Moses and the prophets, how can you believe me? And so we see that Moses speaks about him. For he himself te- testifies in that last chapter that Moses wrote about him. Here we see that Moses wrote about him in the symbol of the manna, the prefigurement of the giving of our Lord to us in his body, blood, soul, and divinity. St. Robert Bellarmine says, The miracles of the bread from heaven and the water from the rock found in Psalm 77 are types of Christ's passion and of the Eucharist. The mystery of the crucifixion is wisdom. It is the rock which was struck, a folly to the Gentiles and a scandal to the Jews, but the height of wisdom to the faithful. In the Mass here, the priest takes and unveils the chalice, which represents that mystery, that mystery of the cross of our Lord. And we see also in the real bread, St. Robert Mellerman goes on, the real bread from heaven was not the manna that fell from the sky, but the flesh of Christ that comes from the heaven of heavens and gives life to the world. The manna, however, was a type of this true bread. He wished to convince the unfaithful people and to prove his power, and therefore he commanded that the clouds from above had opened the doors of heaven, and he rained down manna upon to eat, and had given them bread from heaven, and man ate the bread of angels. St. Robert Bellarmine. And so this moment also is predicted by the prophets. Two other places in Psalm 22, also in Ezekiel chapter 34. Psalm 22, when it talks about our Lord ruleth me, I shall not want anything. He setteth me down in a place of pasture. And what do we see in Ezekiel 34? We see, for the Lord God saith, behold, I myself will seek my sheep and I will visit them. I will fill them with the most fruitful in the most fruitful pastures, and their pastures shall be in the high mountains of Israel. There they shall rest on the green grass and be fed in fat pastures upon the mountains of Israel. I will feed my sheep. And here it is. This is why St. John mentions that grass that they lay down upon. To see how he is fulfilling this prophecy of Ezekiel in this moment in time. So we see how Old Testament, how it points to our Lord, how it indicates his coming. But also what we do here points to him as well. When we do all the ceremonies, this holy sacrifice of the Mass, how they represent our Lord. Again, Dom Marmion says, we sometimes say, oh, if I could have been at Golgotha with the Blessed Virgin, St. John and Magdalene. But faith brings us face to face with Jesus immolated on the altar. He there renews his sacrifice in a mystical manner in order to give us a share of his merits and his satisfactions. We do not see him with our bodily eyes, but faith tells us that he is there for the same ends for which he offered himself on the cross. So the Mass, he unites us to him in his love for his Father and for mankind and his hatred for sin. It will make us say with him, Father, Behold, I come to do thy will. 
Blessed Dom Marmion. So Christ's actions in the Mass were in figure foreseen when he went up and fed those 5,000 on, on, on that hill. And it is also, we see that he gives, gives us truly his body, blood, soul, and divinity when he went up that mountain. He went up to Mount Sinai, Zion, and he gave to these, his disciples his very self for the first time. And we see, too, we participate in a very real manner here when our Lord gave them the commandment, do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. So we have a real participation in that same sacrifice. In the Council of Trent, we have these words to ponder. And whereas such is the nature of man that without external helps, he cannot easily be raised to the meditation of divine things. Therefore, has Holy Mother the Church instituted certain rites. She has likewise employed ceremonies, such as mystical benedictions, lights, incense, vestments, and many other things of this kind derived from apostolic discipline and tradition, whereby both the majesty of so great a sacrifice might be recommended and the minds of the faithful might be excited by those visible signs of religion and piety to the contemplation of those sublime things which are hidden in this sacrifice, the Council of Trent. So we look at two of those mystical benedictions that are performed at the holy sacrifice of the Mass. First, there is those three crosses that the priest does at the beginning of the canon of the Mass. And he says these words as he's doing this blessing. He says, Hec dona, hec munera, hec sancta sacrificia ilibata. These gifts, these presents, these holy unspotted sacrifices. St. Thomas, in speaking about these blessings, says these words. The priest in celebrating the Mass makes use of the sign of the cross to signify Christ's passion, which was ended upon the cross. Now, Christ's passion was accomplished in certain stages. First of all, there was Christ's betrayal, which was the work of God, of Judas, and of the Jews. And this is signified by a triple sign of the cross and the words, these gifts, these presents, these holy, unspotted sacrifices. So we see Christ is handed over. First of all, out of love, the Heavenly Father gives us His Son, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son into the world. So there is a handing over out of love for us. And then there is the handing over of Judas and then by the scribes and the Pharisees to the Gentiles. Those out of envy and that out of greed. Judas out of greed. And when they were at table and eating, Jesus saith, Amen, I say to you, that one of you that eateth with me shall betray me. And then those to the, to the Gentiles. Our Lord predicted, the Son of Man shall be betrayed to the chief priests and scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles to be mocked. And so the priest makes these three mystical crosses to represent these handing overs. And then he makes five just before the consecration to represent the five wounds of our Lord 
St. Thomas again says, there was Christ's passion itself. And so in order to represent his five wounds, in the fourth place, there is a fivefold signing of the cross of the words, a pure victim, a holy victim, a spotless victim, the holy bread of eternal life and the cup of everlasting salvation. And then we can consider the chalice prayer itself. During the Mass, the priest takes a small drop of water and he places it in the chalice to represent us, united with Christ in the sacrifice. The Council of Trent says, Whereas in the apocalypse of Blessed John, the peoples are called waters, the union of the faithful people with Christ in their head is hereby represented. And the Council of Florence says, This is a fitting way to signify the effect of the sacrament, that is, the union of the Christian people with Christ. For we see the water stands for the people, the wine for the blood of Christ. Thus, when, wine and, when the wine and the water are mixed in the chalice, the people are united to Christ. The faithful are closely joined to him whom they believe. The Council of Florence. The Marmion says, We may further associate ourselves with the mysteries by bearing for love of Christ the sufferings and adversities which in his design and his providence he permits us to undergo. In this generous acceptation of the cross, we shall find union with Christ. For in bearing our cross, we truly bear our share in that of Jesus. Consider what it is related in the gospel. Christ could have derived necessary strength from his divinity, but rather he chose to be helped by Simon, a Cyrenian. So he also calls us to take part in the sacrifice. At this Mass, we understand that Christ is calling us to be united with him in Mass, in this Mass today. For he prepared us for many years. He prepared many years this mystery. And we ourselves are called to be united as Christ goes up and he offers his sacrifice once again. Let us also go up with our desires with our prayers, united with Christ's great sacrifice of the Mass. Jesus, therefore, went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us.